Hello everyone, my name is Catherine Potter and I'd like to welcome you to You, the Universe, the Holistic Mind. If this is your first time tuning into the podcast, each week we explore topics that support the idea of holistic thinking and that everything and everyone is interconnected and in relationship. Today we are going to look at the relationship between the quality of our breath, bound up emotions and trauma and their impact on the body. It is impossible to go through life without getting some emotional and physical bumps and bruises. We are meant to store the insight gained from the more challenging life lessons. However, unless we are paying attention to the relationship between our breath, emotions, and body, life's bumps and bruises may prematurely wear us down. Today's guest, Peter Melnichok, is a body-centered therapist, and he is going to talk about Chi Ne Song, a healing modality that can help us unwind our belly. Peter, welcome. I'm very pleased that you're here to share all your wisdom. Nice to see you, Catherine. So did I say that properly? Chi Ne Song? Chi Ne Song. 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 Almost like a... Okay. Okay. So I love... um, First, finding out uh, how you got into this field, and I would like to, we were just chit-chatting before we started the podcast, Um, you came from the entertainment field many, many moons ago, didn't you? So tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, it was not the most direct path to what I'm doing now, to this, um, this abdominal body work. I used to work in the movie business as a boom operator. So that job is the junior position on us with the sound recordist is the senior position. And it means you're holding a long pole with a microphone at the end for, you know, for minutes at a time for hours a day. So Hmm. for me, it was a interesting job for a while, but it also put a lot of strain on my body. And consequently, I would regularly go for body work. It's just hard on your back to have your arms over your head holding something with a weight on the end of it that long every day. Okay, and you, um, so you said you'd go for body work, but you typically have been involved with, um, you've been more athletic and involved with um what types of soccer or qigong yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. no yeah. and yoga and but at a certain point at a certain point when i was in that film industry i got interested in qigong i'd already been interested for since my teenage years in meditation and things like zen meditation i think i did my first retreat when i was 17 mm. and then before that i'd done tm and then finally in my 30s, I got very curious about this qigong that seemed to be a meditation that involved moving, which for me, being athletic and liking, it just seemed like an option instead of sitting for hours a day, counting your breath, looking at a white wall, to, to have some movement, to have this dance-like movement uh, allied with with your breath and with the meditation. Okay, so good fit. Yeah. Good fit for yeah. a mover, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so then, how did you um, end up getting involved with, after Qigong, 
I know, and I know you're still involved with Qigong. Um, what was your well, next step? So during Qigong, I, I think I did some workshops in Canada, then in the States. Finally, I w- as was at a workshop in upstate New York with some of uh, uh, Master Mantak Chia's senior instructors, and they were teaching a, a Qigong class called The Fusion of Five Elements. I saw a book there that said Chinate Song. And it, when I flipped through the book, I'd never heard of it before, it seemed to be an applied form of Qigong, uh, Qigong that you would do with another person to help them that had a manual, a, a massage component to that. And I was intrigued because I'd always liked, even in the film business, to, well, I'd taken shiatsu courses. When I had a spare moment, I would ask somebody that I could see was having a hard time, oh, could I massage, you know, just do a little bit on your back? That was always really satisfying to me. So I looked at the book. Then the two instructors in that Qigong workshop both happened to be Chinate Song practitioners. To my great good fortune, I prevailed upon one of them to do a session for me at the end of the Qigong workshop. And for me, it was the most powerful body work I'd ever had. So at that point, that, that had me um, ask Marie Favorito, uh, who lives in Boston, whether I had to go to Thailand to learn this. And she said, oh, no, no, there's a, there's a Tibetan Chinese woman named Dorothy Ramin. She lives outside of Ottawa, and she teaches in Toronto, where I was living. I, th- I think she teaches in Toronto. So within a couple of months, for a weekend a month, I was studying in a s- lovely small class of three with this woman. And so a passion began, and a path. Yeah. Right. It's interesting. I, I find it interesting that people often don't recognize a path is beginning when when they start um, something. They're starting for themselves. They're starting out of curiosity. And so a path began. So um, can you give us, you know, for listeners not familiar, and I think Chine Tsong mm-hmm. is not um, as familiar to people as maybe, you know, even the word Qigong or, you know, some of the other types of healing modalities. Can you first um, just say, what is it? Uh, yeah, so what is this particular type of... So Chinate Song, what it means, Qi is life force or prana or energy. Most people are familiar with that or most people probably listening to this podcast. Song... Uh, Apparently, if you go to a market in China and ask for song, you end up with um, organs. You end hmm. up with intestines or something like that. So it's it's to work. Shinet song is to work with this life force of the internal organs. That's literally what it means. So. Okay, and where did it originate? It originated apparently in China. The way it came to us in North America only in the early 1980s was via this Taoist instructor, Mantak Chia, who'd learned it. He's a Chinese Thai man. He still has a a healing center in near Chiang Mai. I've read some of his books. Brilliant. He's absolutely brilliant. No, he's been a great gift to North America in Mm -hmm. general. He's Mm -hmm. brought over a lot of formerly very secret Taoist practices and 
just he, he created a huge ripple through North America when he first came in the 1980s because most of the other martial arts teachers that came across would they would withhold some key point of whatever they were teaching to all but their you know one or two best of 500 students mm -hmm. and then on their deathbed they would pass that on to those one or two students mm -hmm. and everybody else would struggle to figure out why they weren't getting the full benefits of the practice, although they were getting some benefits. Well, when Master Chia came over, he just decided he was going to spill it all, and very generously. And he had a very interesting life. He's just studied with a lot of different brilliant teachers, and and now he's being translated into so many languages. Mm -hmm. So for I, I just want to pause for a second. Um, for the people listening, if you've not heard, he's he's got quite a few books. It's Mantak Chia, M-A-N-T-A-K-C-H-I-A. Is that correct? Correct. Yeah. And they're they're actually well done. I've I've, uh, as I said, read and worked with several of his books. Okay. So, um, so. How does the how does a session work? So a session of Chinate Song works. Hmm. Tell me what happens. It involves it involves trying first of all to get the person into a relaxed state. And with that, at least the way we practice Chinate Song in North America is to expand the breath and to take the person from a what medically would be called from a sympathetic state mm -hmm. of more fight or flight or freeze into that rest and restore state that, that is termed parasympathetic state. So we like to expand the breathing of, of people, which is sometimes very shallow and very rapid, to something that's more expanded, deeper, and more relaxed and longer. And so that, that would be the start of a session. So am I right in hearing that you're basically getting them to be present with you with the breath, to slow it down a wee bit? Part of that is done through hands, mm -hmm. so people can access places on their side or back of their lungs that they don't really often breathe into. Mm -hmm. but, but yeah, for certain, Catherine, it's to experience I mean, part of uh, Chinate Song is to expand awareness. So with their breath, they bring life force into those areas that have been denied life force for a long time for various reasons. I mean, mm -hmm. people have breathing strategies so they, so they don't feel bad. Yeah, it's, it's a way of coping. And we learn that at a pretty young age, right? We can disconnect or whatever. So you're saying you start by just gently helping them to expand their breathing expand to whatever breathing. they are capable at that point. Is that very No, as best they can yeah. In, yeah. in the course of the beginning of the session. Mm -hmm. And once the breathing shifts and expands and that awareness uh, expands as well as a kind of a relaxation occurs, then w very gently, initially on the skin and then going to a deeper level to the connective tissue, the fascial level, and then eventually to the visceral level, to the level of the internal organs. Uh, we work with, with the hands uh, and 
I mean, I guess you could call it a kind of massage. People, I often get clients come and after the first session they say, I, that was so profoundly relaxing. I, I, I thought that was going to hurt. Mm-hmm. But often they, I mean, often what provokes people to come in is they have pain somewhere in their belly and finally the pain overcomes their resistance to I don't know if I want to go there because it will probably hurt mm-hmm. yeah. and so um, I haven't had for quite a long time but I previously many years ago I actually had been to you um, for a session several sessions and I just found it peaceful and amazing and so in sync and so um, we'll, we'll come back to what takes place in a session because I think sometimes people are afraid to go to a session because they don't know what it looks like or they're thinking about it typical massage or deep tissue massage or whatever but I love the name of your website and I love how this I think connects to um, this particular healing modality called un- unwind belly. It's un- unwind the belly. So you're unwinding the belly. Talk a little bit about that. Um, this therapy being an oriental therapy mm-hmm. and an, an age-old therapy probably developed thousands of years ago by these very high-level martial artists who while they didn't know specifically the internal organs that it was pre-dissection days but I think the best of these people could actually see energy very clearly and they were the ones who could see these rivers of energy that later became known as acupuncture meridians Mm -hmm. and the way that oriental medicine um, feels that Pathology derives from energy blockages and energy stagnation. So on, on the very simplest level, um, in Shinate's song, we're looking at the belly and we want an area that is more like a slough, that is stagnant, that is mucky and you can't see clearly through to turn into something like a brook. Mm. Good description. I, I yeah. like that. So what this makes me think about, um, and I think it relates maybe not exactly, but some of this is our ability to assimilate and digest, right? Our mental, emotional, physical physical experiences. And I know sure. I end up paying attention to that or talk with clients or students about that. About too much is when too much becomes too much, we we our breath gets overwhelmed our body our emotions and so when you know when I, I I think why I was so attracted to the name of your site and and that is because I think in our very busy society it's hard to unwind and then what happens to our ability to assimilate and digest so would you say that that connects oh, nicely with it does it does because our I think when the energy doesn't flow, not only does our physical digestion suffer, but our emotional digestion goes along with that. Mm-hmm. And, and what I've seen over pretty close to 20 years of practice now is that 
because of pathology or because of accidents, our our body can get injured, and and when when our body gets injured and it can't move properly, um, you know, our internal organs all have a orbit they follow according to embryological development. So they actually make a movement back and forth about every four and a half seconds. When, when we're injured or punched or we're sick for a long time or we're inactive for a long time, when we're depressed for a long time, that movement in the body uh, is inhibited and it suffers and consequently physically we don't we don't digest, we don't function as well, but also emotionally everything gets stagnant. Because it's all connected. Yeah. Right? If yeah. we're, the, the, we talk about this, but we don't actually sometimes think about what does that mean. If we're physically not moving, if we're emotionally not moving, if we're mentally not moving, it affects all the body. The, right. the chi stagnates. It, stagnates. it doesn't flow anymore. And we're right? no longer that flowing brook. I like that yeah, word. Yeah, we're not yeah. flowing brook. So you know what? I think people would find it really interesting. Go a little bit more into, um, I'm, I'm trying to say it the way you said it, the orbit of the um, organs. Is that just yeah. a wee bit? That's intriguing. Yes. You know, that that's something that, that sort of, don't teach so much in Shinate Song, but if if you go, there's another modality that I've I've delved into since 2000 called visceral manipulation, mm-hmm. which is a more modern um, European mm-hmm. modality, and it's more anatomical, more about working with th- that orbit, which is called motility, that embryological, that cellular memory of the organs. Mm-hmm. Uh, the kidneys started out around the neck and they descend and move out and down. And then there is this movement up and down to the midline and away from midline every, every four and a half seconds in a, in a healthy person, a person that's not injured. Mm. So the other thing that's been discovered I think only in 1995, Catherine, is that there's as many neurons in the lining of the intestine as there is in the spinal cord. So there's really a second brain mm-hmm. when we say, you know, I, you have a gut feeling about something. It's actually because there are neural cells. Mm-hmm. So I think that's another reason why... Mm, why we tend to, a lot of us tend to have problems in our abdomen is because we, as a society, we, we deny the importance of intuition. We, we, we revere the power of thinking. The right? power of thinking, and we override our gut feelings. Our, our or feelings, our, our intuition, yeah, our emotional feels, intelligence. Feels, yeah, yeah, totally, yeah. our emotional intelligence. And so... Um, this and and uh, you're seeing this in, in a session, in probably several sessions. But even in one session, a person begins to expand their breathing. You begin to work a little bit more on the. Is it the solar plexus region? Usually, start at that skin level, at the navel, yeah, yeah. and move out. Yeah. All the way, you know, slowly in this spiral out to the periphery, out to the periphery of the ribs and the hip bones. Yeah. 
Okay, so I find this interesting, um, of course, because it makes me think of coming into the natural rhythms, not just of our body, but the universe, you know, how everything is orbiting and rotating and flowing, and we, it has a natural order. And we would notice if all of a sudden, you know, I'm talking about even planets, we would notice if things got kicked out of their orbit. And so what I'm hearing you say, if I'm not misinterpreting it, is there is that beautiful orbiting and natural flow and natural order in our body. And when it gets out of sync, whether it because whether it because uh, be because of a, uh, a physical injury or bound up emotions or you know the mind always being somewhere else can be dietary can be dietary, all kinds of yeah, things yeah. we we stop orbiting properly our our and so you talk about you know it's the light touch on the skin i'm following this mm-hmm. down mm-hmm. um the breathing the light touch on the skin and then then are you then are you working with the actual organs we are, Am yeah, I yeah, that no, in we, we, do, way yeah, first yeah, time. no, no, yeah. we do, we do that, uh, and it sounds. I think that's what puts some people off. They think like, well, how can that be? Oh, it sounds intriguing, sick, by the way. But, but it sounds so deep. Yeah. But it's done gradually enough, and the way that we descend into that depth of the body is on the breath. So, as the person exhales. The pressure diminishes in the abdomen, and our hands float down on that. And then we wait there, and they inhale, and we stay there, and then they exhale again. If our touch is soft enough and relaxed enough, then we don't encounter any resistance from the body, and the body invites us in deeper until we get to that level of the internal organs. And so so what I'm hearing is it's very gentle touch. Very gentle. It can be deep, but, it, but it's it can, always it's very not, gradual and gentle. Yeah. It's always, yes, it can be deep. Well, that's, you know what, I'm somebody that I'm going to relax more with a gentle touch than I am with somebody doing something too harsh at first. It's not, I'm, my body won't open to it, but it will to gentleness. And so I can relate to that. But um, what I'm, I like what you're you're saying, and I'm watching you move, by the way, so people aren't getting that visual. It's not like you're moving, but I can almost see what you're, you know, when you're talk, you talk with your hands, which is very visual. Um, so you're saying that you're with them with the breath, and then their body begins to open, and therefore the touch can go deeper. It can still be gentle, but go deeper. So... I don't know if I'm here if I'm interpreting this wrong. So, are the organs softening, uh, I, or is that the wrong way of t- t- explaining? No, no, I wouldn't say the that. organs are softening. But what happens is there's this armoring around the body. Armoring, right? Okay. There's an armoring that we can either, if we ignore the barriers that the body has naturally, the emotional yeah. and physical barriers, and we just try to push through as practitioners to where we want to go, then we incur resistance. Even if even if you wanted me to work on your large intestine or to get low, deep enough to work on your kidney, if I just, in one breath, tried to go that 70% depth to get to your kidney, your body would panic and throw me out, even mm-hmm. if mentally you wanted to, because mm-hmm. it would be painful 
and it would be a violation in some way. So we have to go with this respect for the barriers of the body and get invited in. If we get invited in, and this is what makes Chinate Song, I think, so powerful when you compare, contrast it with some other visceral modalities, because you're not going through that barrier, but you win over the body and, and get taken deep, the emotional, it's like the emotional body surfaces as well. If you, if you don't, I just finished teaching a workshop and I think I emphasize a lot, if you're careful and you don't go through any barriers and you let the person take you in in a really relaxed way, not only will you be working on the physical body, but the emotional body will surface too. So I'm hearing safe. so much, exactly, that's what I was just going to say. I'm hearing so much about healthy boundaries. I'm hearing about a body worker who is needing to re- not not um, project what they think needs to happen, but they're working very much as a team with their with their it's patient. It yeah. is collaborative. I mean, I love this. This is, and that you're not, um, you're letting those boundaries or those walls naturally begin to open and let go because there's a level of trust, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, that's that's what I'm hearing, right? That there's a level of trust. This person knows you're not using a fist. You don't, sometimes you just don't need a fist, right? You don't need a fist. It's through this touch and this breath and you, and I, I, I imagine you're, you're very much synced with your client's breathing. Is that fair to say? No, yeah, no, I do. The more, hmm, how to put this? So between the breathing yeah. and, you know, I'm always encouraging people who are practicing qigong. If you don't, or who who are practicing qinate song, they need to do their qigong. They need to have that um, surfeit, that extra qi, yeah. for their for their clients, so that they're not depleted at the end of the day. And if they have that extra qi. They don't have to use so much physical force. The, the, the person they're working on just responds and opens to that energy more than they do to physical force. They don't encourage. So, it, yeah, it's a combination of those things. And, they, hmm. and if they're relaxed, if they come down with the breath, if the barriers are respected, if that energy's there, then... What also happens is mm, there's an emotional... The body has a denial system, Catherine. The body has this denial system I've seen where if if you undergo some difficult emotional event and you don't have the bandwidth, you don't have the support system, you're a mother and you're a young mother with three children... Or you're a four-year-old and you witness something. Mm-hmm. That that denial system, that guardian in your body, will just bury that. Mm-hmm. And one of the places that's safest to bury it is in this belly, in these internal organs, because they don't often get much attention. Yeah, yeah. You know, people don't typically do body work. There. It's a great hiding place. Right. It is. It's it like, is. Okay, let's store something in there. Nobody'll find it. Yeah. And if, I know it's not conscious like that, but yeah. No, but it's it, it, it does it does happen that way. Mm-hmm. And then 
what happens. I mean, and we think of denial system as oh something bad. No, it's something yeah. very. It's a survival yeah. system, yeah. right? It makes sense. So you don't it's get destroyed. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But it it that that guardian that denial system's also waiting for hopefully some time for you to clear that mm-hmm. energy there mm-hmm. out of there because there's a stagnant energy that doesn't make you feel good and you'll do everything you can to avoid breathing and feeling that because it's what i'm hearing you say is it's natural also when we come back to natural it's natural to exhale and let go so nobody's going to get through life without some kind of emotional bumps it's impossible you know whether something was too much for you as a child or too much at any point i mean or or somebody close to you any number of reasons right there's we're all going to have periods where there's emotional pain but if we're not breathing it back out that's what i'm hearing you say if we don't have the inner resources or the external resources to help us even understand how big that was it gets stored is that what i'm hearing you say so it's and then it's but it's natural i'm asking you're saying but the natural thing to do is to let it back out and so if we're not finding a way to let it back out it's just accumulating it's accumulating and it becomes that part of the body that part of the belly becomes an alienated part of the body okay it's almost as though you the guardian in its wisdom puts this yellow police caution tape around it. Yeah. And so you don't feel that radioactive part. In Something's happening. Right? Because you avoid it. The energy yeah. stagnates. You, yeah. you devise, unconsciously, you yeah. devise a breathing pattern to totally exclude that part of your body. So after a while, the body, the guardian will go, you know, that's not so healthy for us there. Mm-hmm. Eventually, it will whisper in terms of symptoms of some discomfort. Yeah. Uh, after a while, it might use a normal voice. Eventually, it may yell in, in terms of some really severe symptom until we come back to it and, and do something. The whisper shouting st- in the cosmic two by four. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so, um, so first off, it sounds to me like this would be just a really good type of healing modality to use preventively you know like a tune-up I like going and getting body work done like as a tune-up but um, if people are dealing with um, mental emotional or physical health issues um, what types is there a particular type of uh, health issue that this is really good for or all kinds well you know there's there's people who come because they have this whole awareness of the emotional body and what they've stored in their belly. But then there's a whole other group of people that benefit from Jeanette's song that just intuitively feel, you know what, I don't really like taking these um, proton pump inhibitors for my acid reflux. And I think I think this, this work on the belly might, might help me. And, hmm. So something like GERD or acid reflux or irritable bowel. I mean, a lot of irritable bowel. It can be due to environment. It can be due... There's a big emotional component that I see to irritable bowel beyond our 
irritation from herbicides and genetically modified foods or you know the the high level of gluten gliadin in our wheat but there's there's also just big emotional charges that correspond to the IBS mm-hmm. and and I you know I've had people say that constipation I, yeah and I've had people say oh you know my IBS went away I've I've had people say my IBS went away after a couple of sessions and then I stopped eating sugar and it totally went away. Or I've had people say, you know, I was really, really struggling, got better, and then part of Chinit Song also is trying to get people to see that a symptom, a healthy sign of some unhealthy situation. And not so much for me or the practitioner to tell them that, but for them to arrive at what that would be so mm-hmm. that it might be it might be a job it might be a relationship it might be food it might be environment it might you know there there's any number of things that could be the trigger of that. and your body's trying to tell you something basically what you're saying that is symptoms are not bad they're saying something's you're healthy out of you're healthy here yeah no you're healthy enough yeah. to manifest that yeah. symptom but it's just a question of um, in our very mentally focused culture we're pretty detached from our bodies and we have trouble reading the memos you know we don't we don't, we don't really understand them very well and good way of and, saying it and part of you know part of what i feel chinit song brings people back to a lot of people are in their head they're mentally try to think their way through their problems including mm-hmm. emotional problems um the Chinate song brings them back into the feeling part of their body and creates a balance. So it's like hearing the gut say, this doesn't feel good. Either this food doesn't feel good or this environment doesn't feel good or this doesn't feel good or sitting doing nothing doesn't feel good. That's what I'm hearing you say, to be able to listen to not just your thoughts but not to override when you're getting this really intelligent piece of information from your, your feelings, body, yeah, right? yeah, to to know that it could be, it could be the citrus fruit you're eating, but it also could be that that disagreement you're having with your oldest son that you're bottling up, and that could be creating it too. So very nice. Yeah. So. So obviously, there's many types of, uh, you know, Chine song. I never say it quite as beautifully as you. Um, is good for many things. Is there anybody who should not be doing, um, like any sort of condition, rather, not anybody? Well, like a kind of contraindication. Yeah, mm. yeah. I like people to know that so they can be informed. If there is some type of health condition that should not be. Yeah, there's there's people that well, people that have implanted or transplanted organs. I would I wouldn't do any of the deep work on, and I wouldn't recommend any of my okay. newer practitioners to work on those people. Um, yeah, I mean, is it safe for pregnant women? I don't work as much with Chinate Song on pregnant women, but I will, and I know that. 
um, yeah, I, I tend to use more superficial techniques and not not yeah. don't not disturb the depth. what's going on. Right? Yeah, yeah, but it, I yeah. mean, it helps to reposition, replace, uh, encourage those those organs because again, yeah, when people are when women are pregnant, that's a lot of different strain on the mm-hmm. body, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. On the body. Um, if and so. A person, if they're thinking about going to a practitioner, should really let that practitioner know what their health yeah, no, no, it really, concerns uh, are, it, right? Or if the, they're the, on... I think they modify the... If they're very forthcoming about what their medical history is and, and say, um, you know, there's there's certain techniques in Chinate Song that, for example, I would never do if somebody was wearing a, a metal IUD. Okay. Right? You so just wanna Yeah. That way the practitioner can modify is what you're saying yeah. depending on Okay. That's yeah. important. So it's like but communicate. The, communicate with Yeah, the you know the more information that yes. practitioner has, yes. the, the the safer yes. you're gonna be. But yeah. again the work is pretty gentle. So right? yeah. so gentle and incremental. Yeah. Things things have a way of the, the risks of anything getting ruptured, because I know a lot of massage therapists, when they first come, or when they're studying with me, they, they come with this, um, they're, they're reluctant and inhibited, and they've been taught really not to address that part of the body, because, mm-hmm. you know, those organs, some of them are very fragile, mm-hmm. you know, so... Once they know that the approach is very, very gentle and incremental so that the body can protect itself, that the body is relaxed enough to accept whatever pressure, and the pressure is um, yeah, really, really soft. And part, of, part of what makes Chinit Song really interesting too is, is trying, is this listening touch where you're trying to get the person who you're, the, the, the person being worked on needs to feel what me as the practitioner is feeling. So it's not so important that I feel what's going on in your belly, Catherine. It's more important that you feel what I feel. Because you're acting like an observer. I, I want to clarify this. I want to make sure I understand what you're okay. saying. Um, so this is a question. <laughs> it might sound like a statement, but I'm okay. checking in here. Yep. I feel that when we go to counselors or body-centered therapists, we're basically going to them and saying, okay, I need you as my observer. You know, act like my observer. There's maybe something you're seeing I'm not, right? So is that, so does any of that come in when you're saying for the patient or client, whatever you call them, to um, feel what you're feeling? So um, observer's not quite right, but what's important is that I'm creating this feedback loop so that my technique disappears Mm. so that ultimately you by breathing into an area that I'm touching and sending that chi through you can feel what's going on yourself so you feel like oh my god it's I'm really tender underneath that right rib cage. I didn't realize. I didn't know that. I thought, you know, I thought my sore back 
And sometimes when, when people with a little touch and, and a few breaths there, some of these pains resolve quite quickly and, and people are surprised and they think, I thought that pain in my back was... About my back. Oh, about my back, but it disappeared when you were working on it. Mm-hmm. Or they just make some connection. You know, that connection between their breath, their chi, my chi, and my touch. They feel something. It's like, oh my God. There's there's so much sadness there, or there's so much anger there, or there's something that's very knotted, and it loosens up. The energy starts to flow there. It, do, it doesn't necessarily have to be tied to even an emotion or event. Mm-hmm. It just has to be the energy block, 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 and then suddenly it flows, and then there's a sense of <sighs> big relief. Nice. Beautifully said. Reminds me a little bit of um, when I've uh, practiced yoga, and then all of a sudden, you know, you're working on one part of, you know, it could be a breath or something, and something unclicks in the spine, right? It's like, oh, free adjustment, right? Yeah, in, this, yeah. in this exhale. Yeah, yeah. Very nice. So, now, this is tied into um, the five elements. Can you so in, in, give us a little bit of information about that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, in Oriental medicine, mm, the energy is distinguished initially between yin and yang. Yin being a more essential, feminine, associated with water, and yang being more superficial or masculine, associated with fire. So there's those two interplays. There's, and even in, in absolute yin, in this absolute feminine, there's a little bit of masculine, there's a little bit of yang. Even absolute yang, there's a little bit of yin. So these are two elements of, associated with those, with fire and water. And then there's these interim elemental forces, the way that these, these Taoist forefathers, Oriental forefathers, martial artists used to see energy, each of these elemental forces are also associated with a season. So fire would be associated with summer. Uh, Water would be associated with feminine water. Then there's an interim where the energy, the cold energy of water starts to warm up. The winter energy turns into spring. Mm. That spring energy is called wood. When the summer energy starts to cool and contract, becomes autumn, that energy is metal. So you have these two opposites of fire and water, wood and metal. And then the fifth element, which is associated with transition between seasons, the one that we note most particularly in our culture is is called Indian summer or you know harvest season, that time of neutrality, the soft energy, not quite hot, not quite cool, mm-hmm. somewhere in between. In between those two opposites is the earth energy, which is a neutral. So each of these energies in Oriental medicine are associated with different internal organs and meridians. Hmm. And this is partly what we're trying to do on another level in Shinate Song is balance these elemental forces in the body. 
what the element that often we see really out of balance in in North American civilization is the wood element, which we're a wood civilization. That wood element is associated with the liver and the gallbladder, and it governs thinking and planning. We're really a technocratic culture, and mm, the highest, I guess the highest authority in our culture is proof. So we always think we can think our way through any problem, which, I don't know, most of us who have a little bit more emotional intelligence realize thinking really fails us. So a lot of the time, um, I'll have a client come in and they will be more of a, their balance will be more towards wood. They'll be excessively wood. They'll be thinking a lot. Mm -hmm. So part of the challenge is to bring in that metal element, its opposite, which is associated with the lungs and the large intestine, the organs associated with elimination. We take in air, we extract the oxygen, we release CO2. The large intestine also takes in on an emotional level, takes in this mm, undigested emotional slush from the small intestine and has this whole six-foot journey of awareness and digestion, and then we release what we don't need and keep the rest, ideally. Did you say those were opposites? They were opposites. So yeah. metal and wood is opposite. Cool. So we part of that idea is to, to go from really thinking, 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 which is not really in the present moment. Mm -hmm. What what we don't realize very well in this culture is that healing can only happen in the present moment. And if we're thinking, we're either in the past or we're in the future. future. So part of that is to strengthen or bring in this metal element of breath, of awareness, of the lungs, of the large intestine, the power of elimination, the power of sensitivity, the power to be in touch emotionally, that's more the metal element as opposed to this very cerebral, intellectual thinking mode that a lot of us are stuck in and balance the two. Hmm. And part of that is is just what happens is the the nervous system down-regulates. In Western terms, I don't know how those... Those Orientals 3,000 years ago, when they intuitively were just trying to work to free up energy blockages, but what we're starting to realize now is that what's happening there is mm, the parasympathetic nervous system gets engaged and everything calms down. And it's only then when when the healing can happen. So it's kind of fascinating to me to continue to work and to learn in other modalities like visceral manipulation, neural manipulation, and see from a more Western scientific wood left brain point of view why Chinitsong works the way it does. Hmm. So I love it. I, I, I really like hearing, you know, you're basically trying to get... Um, by going to the opposite, you're trying to create that balance. That's that because you're too focused or too developed in one area. This needs to, yes. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing um, that I thought was very telling, and and you know, again, I've studied different modalities that go back thousands of years. Mm-hmm. The intelligence of the people 
to understand that previous to you know having all the technology that explained the nervous system the, right I, yeah I, I'm always awed by that too you know how it's they knew like, this 3,000 years ago and then in I know, I 1995 it. it takes for somebody at Columbia University yeah. I, yeah, to yeah. to just made this discovery that there are neurons in the lining of the so intestine. So it's respecting right? that type of intelligence too. It's pretty yeah. amazing. Yeah, very holistic. Yeah, yeah. Profound yeah. intelligence that Maybe we sometimes dismiss because we don't have. There's no data. It. There's yeah. no data. So, um, do the other uh, two elements? Are there a balance? The other the, the other four yeah. elements. The okay. So the way they work. We do a lot of when we're preparing for Chinate Song, as pre- practitioners, we put a lot of emphasis on a kind of Qigong called Earth Qigong, Earth Relationship Qigong. And the reason we do that is because the more we can get in, the more we as practitioners can ground and transmit that to the, our clients, the more they can relax the more on some level they feel safe Mm -hmm. with this unconditional support of the earth. But what's fascinating is that there's studies with, not necessarily with Qigong, or not necessarily with Qi Nate Song practitioners in China, but with Qigong healers, these Mm -hmm. these really high-level guys who dissolve tumors with energy. They've done some studies like that in hospitals in China. And they've measured the frequency coming out of these different practitioners' hands, and it's almost exactly the same frequency as the earth frequency. Mm -hmm. So it's as though they're projecting this reference tone to get the body to... Remember its own... Reawaken its own healing intelligence Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. snap into place. Mm -hmm. So that's partially why there's so much emphasis. We, that earth element is the element of practicality and pragmatism and satisfaction. Pancreas is a, the essential earth organ that modulates our blood sugar and gives us some sense of satisfaction and sweetness in life. And you can see in our diet, our North American diet, we're pretty detached from the earth and a lot of the time you can see a a lot of us mm, really drawn towards artificially sweet you know almost chemically sweet foods to provide us for that sweetness in life and you can see some cultures for example uh, our aboriginal or first nations culture where there's a high rate of diabetes uh, you know inordinately high rate of diabetes and and alcoholism i think partially because that's a really earth-based culture and then that's the cultures they've been disconnected or torn away torn away from the earth and and what's left is some some attempt to gain some sort of sweetness in life it's unconscious it's like an instinctive thing i mean on so many levels we're disconnected from the earth we don't recognize you know so that's a whole other conversation Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but yes so uh, you know this is fascinating i find this quite (laughs) i love this sort of stuff and so it's like very cool so um you know often i refer people 
to body workers or whatever. And one of the first questions I'm asked so um, is often people will say, do I have to take my clothes off? And so it, it, so people don't, right? Aren't they wearing clothes? Can you just song, tell us a wee bit yeah, about no, that? For a Chinese song, um, it, the, the way people are treated is just to come in in comfortable clothes and it's your belly being exposed. So yes. from above the hip bones to just below the rib cage. Mm-hmm. And that's that's primarily the area we'll work with Chinit Song. Sometimes we'll work on the back of the body and some other areas, but work a little bit on the ribs to expand the breathing. But that's the focus anyway in Chinit Song is that area. So there's no need to be naked or to, to mm-hmm. disrobe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. And is there um, is it safe for just you know to for listeners who might be older or younger? Um, is it safe for children? Is it safe for teenagers? Is it safe for seniors? Yeah, yeah. No, no. I, myself, I tend to refer minors to. There's a couple of women in town who do chinate song, mm-hmm. and I just feel like children feel more comfortable with on this intimate area of the body mm-hmm. the children generally feel more comfortable but yeah no I think anybody of any age it's safe. babies you know it's that safe gentle energetic you know, animals you can people really love, you know you see, you see how animals put their legs up in there they yes. want their belly rub they want their belly people rubbed. really like it for seniors, where the energy start, started to stagnate from lack of activity, mm-hmm. it's really helpful to get that energy in there. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So, for yeah, no, to, to create that balance between those elements in the body, to get the energy moving, to go from a slough to a brook, to bring some more emotional awareness, or just even, you know, there's plenty of people that come to see me just on the basis of, you know, I've... I, I don't know. I came here because I got a pain underneath my right rib cage, but I don't know. Maybe look, is there anything you can do with my right shoulder? Well, I mean, often if we can free up the liver and get the energy moving there, then automatically the right shoulder will start to free up. Sometimes it's being tethered down to protect the liver to not move it very well. They Hmm. share a phrenic nerve between them so mm-hmm. very nice i i love how you speak about it in a very connected way which you would think all body-centered modalities do but but this is uh, i like the whole this is connected to this and this might be protecting this and let's get to the root of it let's gently find our way yeah uh, part of the reason i was so attracted to it that very first session and i'd had really good body work mm-hmm was, to me, conventional massage would make me feel good for a day or two. Mm -hmm. To work on this core, to work on these internal organs that the body above all will will let everything else fade away, and this is the essential part of the body. This is the most important part of the body. So, I mean, I know there's lots of modalities that work on the the periphery to influence the core. 
But there's something very powerful about working at the core mm-hmm. itself. And that first session, I realized, for me, that was the most profound body work I'd had. I obviously needed some work there, but I felt good for, you know, even though I was working 14-hour days and five days a week, even with all that physical activity, it made a huge difference for like a week or a week and a half and not just uh, 48 hours. So. Hmm, very nice. So, Peter, you um, are a practitioner, but do you also teach this? I do. I've taught this since 2004. Yeah, yeah. My my certification is from the Chinat Song Institute, which is in Berkeley, California. Um, and I graduated there in 2000, started teaching here, went through mm, the certification of beginner, intermediate, advanced, instructor, and so for 15 years I've been teaching here, and I still teach because Chinat Song requires extra qi. There's always a qigong component to the training. Hmm. And I just finished actually teaching a workshop a couple of weeks ago, Catherine, and I had some wonderful feedback from a couple of the students, one of them who does more conventional massage, and she said, I've been doing Qigong every day, and instead of using physical force, I've been trying to use more Qi, and she says the adhesions and the things, the the tension I'm trying to break up in the muscles is so much easier using that approach, and I Mm -hmm. feel fresh at the end of the day. I also had another student who was not a body worker by trade. She was just somebody who was interested in the work because for her, the work on the belly was so powerful and it intrigued her to learn it. She works a lot with horses, and she went and she was doing Qigong with her horses, and she sent a photograph of these horses as she does Qigong, just lying down in the snow and the sun around her, Mm. just just so happy, almost hypnotized by the energy. Like, finally, these two leggeds they're getting in harmony with nature. <laughs> they're getting in harmony. I can with relax nature. now. Oh, don't you love that? Yeah, yeah. yeah it's yeah. Very it's like the animals that roll on their back and want their bellies rubbed. Yeah, very nice. And so, um, I, I would like to give your information about how the listeners can reach you, but. Before that, you are in the Alberta area, and particularly Edmonton, and I know you teach in different places, but is there an organization, because not all our listeners are local, is there an organization if somebody lives in uh, different parts of Canada or the States or anywhere, is there an organization you could recommend um, for people to get in touch with, either for a practitioner or if they're interested in learning? Yeah, there's... Um, in North America, for sure, you could go to the um, chinatesong.com, Song Institute, and there's a list of practitioners by location there, certified practitioners. Um, to go back to the beginning of our conversation, Master Chia, who brought over, Mantak Chia, who brought this modality over in the early 1980s to North America, he also has a website, and he's he's trained people in a more the more conventional or classical oriental style of Chinate Song. He's got a list internationally. So even though Chinate Song is not that well known, part of it, Catherine, is when when the communists in Mao came to power in the 1950s in China, 
Chinit Song and acupuncture were there, but there was a push from the Marxist party to make things more scientific. So mm. in fact, acupuncture became more palliative, a little less holistic, less based on balancing those five elements and more what's, I think, the way I get it is what's called traditional Chinese medicine now is a little bit more palliative. Like, oh, here mm -hmm. are the points you do if you want somebody, if somebody has a cough. And these are the points mm -hmm. you do if they have stomach problems, as opposed to working with the five elemental forces. Which are, mm -hmm. Yeah, to constitutionally rebalance. Yeah. yeah. Well, at that point, um, there was a big push to take acupuncture and herbalism into the hospitals, make it more scientific. But Chinate Song fell behind as this folk modality. Hmm. So it's still practiced, apparently, in China, in Thailand, but it's more passed on. This healing lineage is passed on from person to person, not with the imprimatur of, of the Church of Science and, and hmm. kind of more conventional medicine. Hmm. And yet available. Yet available, yeah. yeah no, if, if you go to those sites. So yeah. I think... Peter, can you just spell, so if, if people are Googling it? So, yeah, Chinate yeah. Song is spelled C-H-I-N-E-I-T-S-A-N-G. Mm -hmm. So it's three separate words. Okay, and so people can look it up, and yeah, and then you said Mantak Chia. Mantak Chia will show up. He's got a website that, that has Chinate Song in the name, and then chinatesong.com. I think that's the Chinate Song Institute website. Great. So. Yeah, so people can find it. And so um, let's give them your website so people can find you. So my website is www.unwindthebelly.ca. And I'm working, you know, primarily in Edmonton. I'm in Calgary for a day every two months. And, yeah, people, there's a phone number there. There's an email address. And, and I think you said your email address was info at info, wind the belly. Info at unwind the belly. Unwind the belly. Dot ca. Dot ca. All right, Peter, that was brilliant. Thank you so much for sharing all your information. I really appreciate it. I find it fascinating. I'm sure some of the listeners, it might be something new for them or hearing it in a different way. So I really appreciate you taking the time and sharing all this really good information. Thank you for the opportunity. It was nice to see you again. Yeah, yeah. And so um, if you would like to contact me, you can go to my website, katherinepotter.ca, or you can email katherinepotter at shaw.ca. My next podcast will be with Robert Rogers, who teaches plant medicine, and he's going to talk about essences, and in particular, mushroom essences. So stay tuned. Keep looking for You, the Universe, the Holistic Mind. And have a great week. Remember to breathe and unwind your belly.